Welcome. You've joined the Topless Travel Show with Carolyn David, bringing you to some of the sexiest and most erotic events and vacation places around the world. Our show is here to help you open your mind, explore your options, and push your boundaries so you too can achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Topless Travel Show, and we are your hosts, Carol and David. Hey everyone, welcome to the Topless Travel Show, where we'll be broadcasting on location at selected events, exposing new and exciting adventures to stimulate all your desires. We're here at Desire Pearl in the sexy, with the sexy silver event, enjoying all the sexy peeps along with the hot Mexican sun, the beach, the pool, and of course the amazing hot tub and the playrooms here. Absolutely. You know, Topless Travel brings the travel culture to sexy, open-minded couples so you can explore all the possibilities, and I mean all those amazing possibilities while you're on vacation. Whether you travel to relax or party or get in touch with yourself or your couple to build relationships or make new friends or to simply hang with compatible, genuine people in a non-judgmental location, we've got the stories to get you fantasizing about starting your next adventure right now. Hell yeah. The Topless Travel Show is all about pushing boundaries, and as usual, we'll be talking about sex, sexuality, relationships, and all the ways to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny. You know, I woke up this morning, and I was really horny. Oh, really? For I a was. change, For right? For a change. No, okay. this morning, like, really horny. <laughs> so, are you still wondering what squirting is all about? It seems to be a hot topic, but so few people can actually explain what squirting is and where it comes from. On today's show, we're going to be diving deep into all the details of what, where, and why squirt happens so that we can better understand and demystify that whole process. We sure can. I think Carol's going to talk firsthand about some of her squirting experiences, but first, all right. But as we do every show, we want to take a minute to tell you about our must-have top waterproof blanket, which now comes in four reversible colors because nobody wants to sleep in that wet spot and squirt is hot until it's not. So if you're fed up with sleeping in that wet spot or having to change your sheets every time you have sex, then you need one of our top waterproof blankets. It's 100% waterproof and leak-proof, and it guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry no matter how wet it gets. From messy massage oil, silicone lubes, and all other sexy wetness, just throw it in the washer and dryer, and it comes out looking like brand new. And now we have a new sexy pink and blue reversible blanket, both colors representing the ribbons supporting breast cancer and prostate cancer. And to support the cause, we'll donate $5 from each blanket sold to a charity that helps cancer survivors get back in the sack. Because great sex matters, and cancer survivors deserve it too. And you don't have to leave your house to get one. Simply go to Amazon and search Top Waterproof Blanket. That's T-O-P, Waterproof Blanket, and order yours today. Great sex starts now. All right, enough of advertising. Mm -hmm. Let's get on with our show. You know we're Carol and David. This is the Topless Travel Show, and we're so excited to welcome today's special guest. We've got Dr. Valerie Popple here with us on site at Desire Pearl. She's a clinical sexologist, a sex coach, and a certified sexuality educator. Welcome, Dr. Valerie. Thank, Thank you so you. much for taking time out of your busy day. And I see you running like crazy here. Everybody yeah. wants to get a piece of you. <laughs> I thought I was going to be on vacation, but I don't think so. But it's <laughs> lovely, though. I'm so happy to be here. And thank you guys for having me back. Yeah, we're very happy. to. And, you know, the topics are so important, what, you, what you're discussing. So why don't you first start by reminding us how and why you got into the field of sexology? Well, I got into this because of my one of my family members. Uh, on the spectrum and when I understood that if we didn't get him some help that he could be you know in some serious trouble as a young adult fully functioning young adult uh, we made the conscious decision to seek help and we couldn't find anything for a young adult on the spectrum so I opted with my husband's encouragement to go and study and get my doctorates and really format a program for those on the spectrum young adults that is 
um, to help them in their sex lives and what that looks like for them in their relationships. And hence, here I am today. <laughs> wow, that's dedication to your family and congratulations for that. And I'm hoping he's doing well now. He's doing well. Yes. And how long say. ago did you get your doctorate? Uh, I want to say now it's 10, 11 years. Mm-hmm. I could be, I'm horrible with dates. Don't hold me to it. I don't <laughs> well, know time my anniversary. Flies, right? <laughs> so, hey, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> that well, is spe- not my strength. <laughs> speaking about doctorates, um, somebody near and dear to you was just recently on one of our shows, Dr. Patty Britton. Let's shout out to Patty. Hey, yeah. Dr. Patty, what's up? <laughs> Tell us about your relationship with Dr. Patty. Uh, Dr. Patty and Dr. Robert uh, were my R and were, well, he's passed, my mentors. Um, I was with SCU doing uh, my studies with them and then became their diversity officer. And she's been a wonderful mentor to me throughout these many years. So. Yeah, it's Isn't a lovely she known as like the mother of sex coaching or something like that? I think that's her hashtag. Yeah, something, right? yeah, yeah. I'm not, I might not be 100%, but something like that. She's been yes. around a long time. She's, she's been around for a very, very long time. Her and her partner, Dr. Roberts, who's passed on. Just amazing yeah, individuals. It's, it's been sad in the last couple of years because one of her good friends also passed on, Betty Dodson. Betty Dodson, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Another... Like pioneer, yes. yeah, icon for yeah, sure. There's, you have know, you ever had a chance to meet Betty Dodson? Absolutely, a hundred percent. Yeah, so I have, you know, two amazing mentors. Both of them are. Um, so you know, one's already passed. Well, actually, with her, with her, Dr. Roberts and Dr. Patty. So mm-hmm. three of my mentors, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. two have passed on. So oh. Dr. Patty is going on though. <laughs> and Dr. Val is also leading the trail. Yes, I'm trying. You absolutely are. I'm, well, why don't you tell us a little bit about this? Tell us about your school of sex. <laughs> okay. So, you know, what I did um, going back a few years ago was opted to build a clinical sexology program because I found that for me personally, there's not enough of me out there. And I was getting more clients than I honestly could handle. And second, the need for this profession, and I don't want to say it's new. I think it's emerging. That's probably a truer statement. Um, And there weren't enough clinical sexologists out there that we're doing this kind of work. So myself and another one of my mentors uh, and said, you know, Val, why don't you do this? And so two of my business-sized mentors, uh, Dr. Habib, um, he was like, let's build a program for clinical sexologists. So we put together a scientific program. So I call it the science of sex. And we really talk about understanding the science of sex, how to apply solutions, to those situations and we train clinical sexologists all over the world based on the science of sex unlike the coaching part we do more clinical work and the two have married beautiful together and what kind of prerequisites do you need to join your school of sex absolutely nothing we've had well i shouldn't say absolutely nothing let me backtrack if you have a bachelor's of arts in anything it's accepted in um if you've got a master's that's accepted as well um, the school itself is about a two-year program. Um, it's pretty entailed. There's about 80 different uh, lessons that you have to go through. It is all practicum work. So after each lesson, you have to submit in a practicum to the, to the curriculum advisors, and then it's graded. Um, so it's a two-year program. But once you're out, you're fully developed as a clinical sexologist and you know we have people all over the world right now are doing it so we've been really amazed at how well it's turned out you you know what's interesting about this is you know we've been doing our show for five years and our show has only been as successful as it is because of the experts like dr val on our show but there are so many credible sexologists out there for people who need real information Mm -hmm. because there's so much crap you can find on google online And we find that every sexologist that we talk to doesn't have enough time in their day to help people in it's their relationship. It's true. It is yeah. true. Yeah. There's a referral network among sexologists where like, can you handle this client? Yeah. I'm not here. Yeah. Take it. Because there's not enough. Right. And you, I've heard people say, well, is that a real profession? I'm like, well, that's absolutely a dumbass <laughs> question. Can I say ass on the... <laughs> yeah. But you know, when I was a kid growing up, I, we didn't aspire to be a sexologist. We right. didn't even know there was a possibility. Exactly. So you're right. It's not new, but it totally is emerging. It and is. of course, being in this industry, we're hearing more and meeting more sexologists but right. we're just happy to t- get the word out there that if you need help 
with your sexuality and such a big range of things, a sexologist is a person but, to see. But Absolutely. I, I, I want to go one step further than that. And Val, you're on all the bliss cruises with us, with Topless mm-hmm. Travel. And there are so many people who have great sexual relationships and great sex lives who come to see sexolo- sexologists to spice it up, to keep it going, to keep that spark going in their relationship so it doesn't get stale and boring. And it's not just people, and we see it all the time, that have problems, but people who have a great life who want to make it greater. Absolutely. You know, sexuality is fluid. It's going to change as we mature. Yes. One erogenous zone from when you were 20 might not be the same erogenous zone when you're 60. And if you don't know where that zone is, then you're like, well, I've changed. I'm getting too old. I don't enjoy sex. But no, Mm. it's fluid. Mm. And give yourself permission to understand that and explore. But if you don't know where those zones are then you feel you have this emptiness, right? Right. And we don't know what we don't know. Exactly. So you, know, you come to someone like me to help explore what that new variable is in your life. Mm-hmm. We, ha- we, have, we have once a month, we do a show called Sexual Wellness, Wellness and Healthy Aging. And we have Dr. Andrew Steinberg and Dr. Gabrielle Laundrie who talk from a medical perspective mm-hmm. about what happens to the body as it ages. Right. And um, I was just a scientific specimen <laughs> and had to, for the first time, try Viagra. Ah. Just so he could talk about it, right? Ah, that, right. There was no other reason. Right. <laughs> so he could, of course, of course, right? And, and Dr. Steinberg is a urologist. Uh-huh. And he explains how Viagra works and how so many men are too macho to say, eh, I'm not as hard, I'm not as, I can't go as long as I used to. And... Um, yeah, they're too macho to even ask for help. Is that right. where you're going with and this? And men at the age of, what is it, 25, start going downhill. That's their peak. Their yeah, peak that's early. it. Right. Their <laughs> level of testosterone and everything goes down. Exactly. And you don't notice it until you don't have an erection anymore. And he went through the, the ins and outs of why using Viagra is good. It's good for your health. It's good for your brain. It's good for your couple. Instead of saying, well... I'm getting old, and that's just the way it is. Exactly, right, right. The, the field of sexual health has expanded. Finally, you know, doctors, MDs are actually getting the education and the training behind helping individuals with their sexual health. Mm-hmm. So I, it, it's happening, and it's a good, it's, I don't want to say it's a revolution, but it's a revolution. It is. It is. It, it's happening. Say, but have you noticed that most sexologists are female? Have you noticed that in your, in your classes? I think I've only known one male sexologist. Yeah. And I don't, you know, that's a good question, Carol. I don't know why. Yeah. I, well, no, that's not true. I think that the clientele are probably more comfortable with women. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think my clients would be more receptive of working with a female versus with a male. And that's a question in itself as to why. But yeah. Val, why is that? But Val, yeah. also, women are much more apt to ask for help than, True. like I just said, than men are. Absolutely. So and that could be I, I think you're more comfortable talking yeah. to a woman than you are talking to a man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah I'd want to talk to a woman. And right. I think that women today are trying to be empowered with for their sure. own health and sexuality. So they, they want to learn. And it's these doctors like yourself who are able to teach. And so when we, we need to learn, we have to go to a credible source. Right. And so since you're female, it, maybe it's just an easier adaptation for us. I'm not know. sure, but it's it's very cool. It's very interesting. It is very yeah. interesting as to why there are not more male. And I'm actually looking for male sexologists, like mm-hmm. to lead retreats and stuff like that. And it's almost impossible mm-hmm. to find one because I think that you know if they're doing retreat work, for example, a male leading a male retreat because I can't speak personally about what a male goes through. Yeah, I can only say well, I've heard. You think yeah. I've you been think, told? Right. You think I should do it? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a two-year course, baby. Yeah. That's a lot of work. I know. It's a right. lot of work. There's a lot of study in there, I have there, to David. read. There's you reading read involved. And uh, talking. There's, there's learning. Are, there any, are the words more than six letters? Oh, my Some God, them, yes. Right? I'm unfortunately, I'm yes. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I think you could definitely do it, baby, but it's, it is a lot of work. <laughs> All right, let's move on to being sex positive. Right. All right, let's what talk about sex What does that mean to positive? you? Sex positive to me is being open-minded without shame or judgment. That's it in a nutshell for me. No mystery, but that's it. And that's, of course, what you preach in all of your discussions and all of your courses is about being sex positive in a world today where there still is a lot of shaming around all different types of sex and sexuality. Right, exactly. Where's the answer? How are we going to get more sex positive out into the world? Right. Well, I think we have to talk about it. And getting someone to talk about it is the hard part because we've been so conditioned 
And so set in our ways around sex and relationships, we're, we're more comfortable talking about filing bankruptcy than we are talking about we can't have an orgasm. How is that possible? Yeah. That's because it's conditioning of our society um, around sex should be private. And you don't talk about it. Good girls don't, right? Right. So absolutely. how do you break that barrier? By people like ourselves talking about it. And it should be that comfortable talking about this as comfortable as talking about money and, problems. Right. And, exactly. And the, and the same thing. When I play softball, when I play hockey, guys in the locker room don't say, ah, you know, my, my, my cock isn't as hard as it used to be. I can't get it up. My wife wasn't happy with me. Right. They just live with it. And mm -hmm. again, talking to Dr. Steinberg and guys out there, if you're listening, if you're having trouble getting erections, it could mean that you have a heart issue yeah. because erectile dysfunction has to do with blood flow and it all starts in the heart. And Dr. Steinberg was saying, you know, if you want to make sure you have a healthy erection, make sure you have a healthy heart, eat well, exercise, do all the good things for your heart and your cock's going to stay happy. Yeah, Absolutely. I agree. Now, when you talk to your audience um, and you have your school and stuff, are you seeing younger people like opening up about their sexuality or are you seeing mostly our age people? Um, depending on the venue that I'm at, you know, if I do see younger people that are opening up about their sexual problems. Now, I find that a 25 and a 28-year-old male um, are having sexual problems is new for uh, me to talk about. Okay. And it's because you don't normally think of a 25-year-old having sex problems. Well... The generation today, I don't know whether Z's or X's, I don't know. I don't follow that <laughs> right. whole trend thing. I, I just call them young folks right? <laughs> because I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> Far from it, but okay, I get you. <laughs> yeah, I don't get all that Z and X stuff or whatever. Um, you know, when I hear a 25-year-old saying that, you know, they are not orgasmic, um, that they have ED, and I'm, I scratch myself as like, what is going on with this population right. of young people where I have them talking about their sexual problems? Now, they're having sexual problems. And I, I really think it comes from, this is just me. I don't, there's no science. It's me being me, right? I think it's just so much technology. They're sitting in front of the damn computers mm -hmm. yeah. all day long on their phones. And human connection is hard for them. Exactly. Yeah. And they're not connecting. They're sitting in this locked room doing what they're doing. And they're having not, they don't have the potential of meeting someone. Right. They're not masturbating. When they meet someone, things aren't working. They get frustrated. Uh, it's, it's a slippery slope. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I find that to be more real than not lately, which is new for me working with a 25 year old yeah. male that has ED. I can guarantee you it also could add to their issue is bad eating habits. All oh this gosh. processed food that we're eating today and gut health, which people don't get the connection between brain and gut. Exactly. And orgasms start in the brain, right? So exactly. tell us the pathway of how an orgasm happens. You know, the, an orgasm for men, of course, starts, you know, their sexual response cycle. And that word is kind of changing, by the way, the sexual response cycle. But for men, it starts in the eyes. Oh, okay. You know? There you go. And, uh, I, and I'll talk about women in a second. But for men, you know, you're being visual creatures. And so looking at a beautiful image, be it a book, a person, in, you know, in public, you know, is erogenous for them. So they're visual first. Where females are all about being turned on in the mind first. Mm. And understanding, you know, the, when, when De Beers came out with that slogan, diamonds are forever. Yeah. Well, there's actually some science around that wow. because jewelry elicits a memory. Mm. And a memory elicits a sexual response cycle for women mm -hmm. usually of something romantic and lovely and experience so that turns them on here mm -hmm. so when I always tell my husband oh you know oh I remember when you got me this piece of jewelry here <laughs> oh you know and it gives me that warm and gushy feeling well it's eliciting my sexual response cycle oh there you go so, we turn so on sex sells <laughs> jewelry sells for yeah. sex absolutely so, so right? if I, so if sex I get this right when we're having sex and I'm going down on you and I see you're drifting off, I have to come and whisper in your ear, diamonds, <laughs> diamonds. Well, emeralds. It's not a memory unless you're giving me diamonds I and emeralds. I did, but I have. <laughs> well, you have, yes. And an emerald. <laughs> Remember that necklace I got you for Christmas. And then all of a sudden, poop, your yeah, clit's yeah. going to get erect and you're going to come. 
not quite that not way. Not quite that not way. Not quite. But, okay, Dave, we'll take it if that's how you're giving it. All right. Men are simple beings. Oh, just I know, right? Keep it I simple. Know. So that what are you ta- what are you saying then? What would just be your topic or, or your um, advice to a, a young man who is finding it hard to orgasm? What should he do? Get out of that room and date. Yeah. Get, Get social. There. Exercise his body. Do some Kegels. Because, you know, these are gamers. I have a lot of clients that are young gamers. Um, and they sit and they, they play professionally. I mean, they make a lot of money. I didn't even know that you can make so much money playing games. Right. You know, that's, a other, that's probably another hot topic somewhere on yeah. podcast. But, you know, the money that they make. And they spend hours sitting. And so they're not having good pelvic floor health. Mm. And so I tell my gamers that are doing this, the first thing is, while you're sitting, do Kegels. And I know that sounds silly. So explain what is a Kegel just in case people okay. don't get it. So Kegeling is exercising your pelvic floor. And men, regardless of age, need to also exercise their pelvic floor. And so you're squeezing and releasing your pelvic floor. Imagine going to the bathroom for men and you're stopping and starting your urine flow. That is a Kegel. However, most people, do, most people do Kegels incorrectly. They use their abdomen. Ah. And so isolating the pelvic floor, not including the abdomen, is the, the technical part of that. So learning how to do a proper Kegel, um, not sitting on the toilet. Right. <laughs> Can't spend your day there. Right. Exactly right. Hemorrhoids. <laughs> and doing a Kegel is important. So that's the first thing I tell people, young, my young gamers to do is, is work in the pelvic floor. In addition to just moving around. But if you're going to sit there for nine hours mm. of gaming, that's mm. important. And, and I want to talk to those young ones out there because we have some. And I have <laughs> a son who's a gamer. And when you finally connect with a person online, pick up the phone and call them. Yeah. Hearing a voice, hearing a human voice, hearing a breath is sensual. It's stimulating. You cannot get emotion through texting. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You've got to connect with them. Mm-hmm. Get out. Mm-hmm. And like I said, men need visual stimulation. And okay, yeah, you can get visual stimulation from porn or from AI, you know, gamers that do the AI. Yes. And, you know, the, that's a big deal right now. Yeah. I'm involved in a couple of projects right now in the AI world. Um, so men are getting visual stimulation from that. But there's nothing better than getting out, having a human connection. But for those that suffer from anxieties, from meeting people, et cetera, et cetera, those things are working for them. So there are a plethora of things out there that can stimulate them mentally or visually, but they still need to take care of their bodies. And so moving, exercising, kegeling while you're sitting is important. And or seek help from a sexologist. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And learning what they should do. Masturbation is also critical for those that are just gaming all day long. Yeah. Keeping that muscle engorged and intact is, is vital for your sexual health mm-hmm. because kids you're going to age whether you know it or not yeah. you're going to get old you're going to be old like me one day <laughs> you got to keep it up i'm telling you right now all right let's move on okay. to topless travel bliss cruise the workshops that you do um how many topless travel events have you been on you can say approximately and the bliss cruise as well i oh let's go blisses first i think i've been fortunate enough to do all the bliss cruises since i started wow. mm-hmm. i don't think i've missed one that i can recall so I don't, how many years has it been? Oh, lots. So I lots, don't know right? exactly either. Lots. So, so yes, I've, lots. I've been really fortunate to, you know, be sponsored by Bliss um, and Topless Travel um, for about, I think, ten years now. And it's crazy. Then. The ships, the trips, still sell out a year in advance. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're we're going on. Uh, we were just on Bliss in November. We're going on Bliss in April. Bliss next December, uh, November 23 is almost sold out. Oasis in November 2024 is almost yeah. sold out. So anybody yeah. listening, yeah. if you want to come and you want to see Dr. Val, book now. Book yes, now. Yes, I know that's a little odd. But <laughs> no, on no, thank you for that plug there. So, it, yes. so, yeah. we, we, we've seen you on the ships. You never have a minute to yourself. What do you do? Talk about the workshops. And I, I know you do some private stuff as well. Right. So the workshops that I do, and you know, I they have a production manager. So I always ask the production manager, "What did you want?" And ask topless, you know, "What do you want me to do?" They're like, "Do whatever you're, you know, it's your spectrum." We could shout but, out to Carlos. Uh, <laughs> give a great shout out to Carlos, right? Um, so, um, and I always get their input as to what the clientele is, but you know, I normally do something geared towards tantra. At the end, um, I started this uh, tantra ritual for those that play 
Because I'm an energy worker as well, and I do believe in that if you play outside of your relationship, sometimes you might play with someone that's got some fucked up energy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you bring that energy back into your relationship, and then you wonder why you and your significant other are, aren't getting along or why the energy is kind of wonky. So I chose to develop a ritual around the lifestyle that we do at the end of the cruise. And it's about a two-hour ritual. And it's a closing ritual where you're putting the, the heart-centered couples back together again. Um, and it's absolutely one of the most sought-after, always book in advance rituals on, on that cruise ship. And what do you call it? Uh, we call it a closet ritual, oh, tantric okay. closing ritual. I think okay. it's a name that Carlos and I came up with. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's always like the last day, the sea day that we have. It's couples, heart-centered couples. You're not bringing in your throttle, unless you have a throttle. That's different. Yeah. But you're bringing your heart-centered in with you. Yeah. Because you want to close that right. and reconnect in a, in a physical way and a spiritual and energetic way. And how many people would attend that? Um, depending on the ship size, uh, the big one that we did, I think we did 200 couples and the big solarium upstairs. And it was absolutely the, the, from the music and we did some dancing and then we did somatic work and then we did some breath work and it was absolutely lovely. And and again, I'm going to go back to this. You know, you're on the bliss cruise. You're there with a bunch of sexy people who have in general, a strong couple. And you have, there's probably 10 specialists on the ship, maybe 15 doing these workshops. And there's 200 and 250 people attending where you think yeah, everybody's okay, but everybody wants to get a little bit better. And, they, and learn. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But what I, like, what I like about what you're telling us about this closing uh, ritual is also you're coming to the end of your vacation. I mean, so much passion happens while you're on vacation, so mm-hmm. many experiences. And this bringing you back together and closing down the vacation because soon you have to move on to real life and you might not have a chance exactly. to do that once you get home Swinging and there's isn't kids real life? no <laughs> well <laughs> so you know there's kids there's a job like you like it's a transition feeling that it you is. get absolutely. as you close down the vacation shift. yeah ah, absolutely yeah so that's been our most popular one so you know Carlos's Val we just keep adding that one to the list because that is the one that gets the most feedback right that it was really inspiring for them. And if people don't know that that's important, they would realize it after doing it, like how different they feel towards their partner um, after sharing other people and exactly. sharing other ideas, maybe touching other people. So that's kind of what you're talking about, reconnecting, right? Exactly, that's right. awesome. Mm-hmm. In, a, yeah, in a physical really, really awesome. and energetic and a spiritual way, just to reconnect with your partner before you get off that ship and face yeah. the real world again. Yeah. And I say keep this practice, you know, if you go to, if you're in the lifestyle, playing with other couples, keep this kind of practice to keep your heart center and you connected when you're done the play. We always reconnect after yeah. we play. Yeah, not uh, in a tantric way, but no. we found our own way right, to make it happen. You find your own way of whatever yes. that may be. Yes. But I think it's important. You've got to have that between the heart centers to keep it connected. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Okay. Then we're going to talk to Val about um, the workshop she's doing here and really get into the anatomy of squirting and orgasms. So we're going to remind everyone that we're Carol and David. They should know that by now after <laughs> five years, six years. Um, well, we're here at Desire Pearl. We're at Desire Pearl in with Mexico. Travel. Um, we're and chatting. we're in the lobby, just so you know, in case you're hearing background noise. This is a wonderful spot. There's a beautiful fountain. There's lots of people here enjoying this beautiful property. And we're talking with sexologist Dr. Valerie Popple, um, all about squirting, workshops, workshops learning while learning, we're on vacation, strengthening Me- your couple. And um, let's talk now a little bit about uh, some of the trips we have next year with Topless Travel, uh, who, who are absolutely the best. Joe and Shelly are here, Mark and Chelsea. We are having an amazing time. It's the first time that we've been here to Desire Pearl. Um, and if you're looking for the sexiest and most erotic vacation ever, then you simply have to book with Topless Travel. From Hito 2 in Jamaica, Desire where we are now in Cancun, and like all the Bliss Cruises we've been talking about, Topless Travel needs to be your number one choice. And all their trips and events are all about the people. And, of course, the sexy, fun experience that they're having together. So let's just shout out to all the sexy host couples like Party and Mark and Chelsea who are here with us. And, and of course, they're always on those trips to make sure you have one hell of a sexy vacation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. It was close. It was close. I can't do it. 
And you're going to find us like we are here on many of the topless travel ship trips. But listen up. We're going back to Hito 2 in February. We were there last year and the year before for another Sexy Silver event from February 25th to March 1st. As usual, rooms are selling out super fast. And if you don't want to miss the biggest lifestyle party on the Grill Beach in Jamaica, then book your room now. And um, listen to this. In 2024, yep, I'm already talking about 2024, Topless Travel is putting together not one but two bucket list trips from which we'll be broadcasting live. Uh, the first one is March 2nd to 13th, 2024, where we'll be exploring exploring the ancient pyramids of Egypt, followed by a seven-day riverboat cruise down the Nile in Jordan. And the second trip, we're going to be heading to Kenya for an African safari to witness the Great Migration, a little bit like glamping in the wild. From September 2nd to the 11th, 2024. Now, on both these trips, space is super limited. Um, we're sold out at about 70%. So, if you don't want to miss these amazing adventures with your like-minded friends, then go and book your rooms today. For more information about these trips or any of the topless travel events, go to thesexylifestyle.com and click on the topless travel events link to book the sexiest and most erotic vacation ever. And also, let's just remind everyone that if you're looking for an online, open-minded community to find compatible people and events in your area, simply join sdc.com and use promo code 30314 for your first month free. Alrighty, we're back. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and we're going to get on having this amazing discussion with sexologist Dr. Valerie Popple, and we're going to be talking about one of my favorite sexual activities, squirting. Uh, Dr. Val, do you want to tell us about your classes that you're having here at the resort this week? Sure, yeah, I would love to. So at this resort, um, and we are doing two workshops, one on Thursday and one on Friday. The Thursday workshop is based on Tantra. This is a beautiful facility down here in Desired. It has that Zen kind of feel. And I was like, why not just create something around Zen because it's already here, right, aesthetically. So we're doing a workshop on Thursday for women. Um, So that hour and a half is totally dedicated to them where their partner is going to learn Tantra techniques and understanding working all the 16 different types of orgasms understanding some breathing techniques and going into um, the philosophy of Tantra. Um, And it's going to be amazing for everyone. Can you just give us a little brief understanding what is the general philosophy of Tantra? Sure. So Tantra is uh, an East Indian philosophy of, and it's a philosophy. It's not a religion. Uh, I've heard people say that before. I'm like, no, it is not a religion. Um, And I am what they call a daikini. Um, I was trained in India as a Tantra specialist, and my style is, um, I wouldn't say it's a purist, but I try to keep it as pure as possible, and it basically means to weed and expand energy. And if those that understand Tantra, there's also the occult side of Tantra, so I always tell people to understand the practitioner that you're working with because it has a dual meaning to it as well as the practice itself. Long story, but that's another side, side note. <laughs> Y'all hear that in the background, right? <laughs> People oh, are yeah. moving. It's okay. People are moving. We are live. <laughs> that's what live does. It happens, right? So that scratching is not my clitoris on something. It's just a chair moving. <laughs> but <laughs> So that's what Tantra is. It's expanding and weaving of energy. And the energy is a male and female energy. And so there are many different types of energy practices throughout the world. There's the East Indian, there's the American Indian philosophy of Tantra. And so um, your tantric experiences that you're doing here and allowing people to learn a little bit more of the philosophies and what you're teaching them, what are they gonna get out of it at the end? Hopefully lots of orgasms. Oh, there you go. But really what they're gonna get is a really good education into understanding how their body's changed as they've matured. They're going to understand the various types of orgasms that a woman can obtain. Uh, because, you know, I've been already been told that some of the people that are coming where the women are, have not orgasmed. Ooh. They're not orgasming. Wow. And when we get into that, there's normally a reason as to why. So we're Correct. going to understand where they are in their orgasmic center to help them with that. Um, they're going to understand 
how Tantra can help them as we age with um, erogenous zones and having stronger orgasms and how to connect with oneself in addition to their partner. So Tantra is a beautiful practice that I and my husband personally do that keeps us spiritually and energetically connected sexually. Wow. So they're going to get that out of it. And then men on Friday will also have a Tantra experience. So the female or whoever partner it is, uh, is um, you know, gender. You right. Know, <laughs> we're not going to go with the whole gender, <laughs> all of them. But I just say men and women, just anatomy, yeah. not gender for those who are listening. So don't cancel me because of it, right? Um, so we're going to go into understanding prostate health for men, um, how to milk the prostate versus internal or external, because there are ways to stimulate the prostate externally. So you'll be going into that. So this is a hands-on workshop. It's guided by my voice. Um, and then afterwards, there's going to be a breakout session to answer questions. We've got some snacks. And then the playroom is open for them to take it, oh. their experience to go further with it. Wow. So it should be a really lovely afternoon for Absolutely. those who are taking it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you were, you're talking about prostate massage. And we had uh, Forrest Andrews from Eneros on our show talking all about um, issues he had with his prostate. And he developed this device that helps men um, heal their prostate and have um, prostate orgasms. And he was explaining to us that when a man has a prostate orgasm, he can come without ejaculating. Right. And what that does for a guy, which women have had forever, is there's no refractory period. Right. So we're allowing multiple Multiple orgasms. orgasms. Right. And um, I think we're going to come to your class because, you know, if I can come more... And not have to wait an hour to get going again, um, even with Viagra. But can any man learn how to do an, a prostate orgasm? Absolutely. If you have not had your prostate removed. Right, okay, right, right. And or prostate cancer, right? Okay. Because I've already had a couple of people express that they've had cancer. And so then I said, we're not going to work in the, obviously we cannot do prostate work with you. So yeah. we're going to do other things. So I have something set aside for those two particular gentlemen that are coming to the workshop. Yeah. Because one guy, you know, he says, I feel hopeless. I don't know what to do. And it's unfortunate that you feel hopeless yeah. in your sexual being, right? Mm. And you've got to wait to come to someone like myself at a place like this to get education. Yeah. And it's unfortunate his urologist did not give him the tools. Right. To help him with that. And, 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 you know, in today's world, and our, our, again, our series on sexual wellness and healthy aging talks all about that myth that as we get older, we have to be less sexually active. And it's normal. Absolutely. It's right. normal to not have sex. It is not it normal. Is. Yes. I use the word optimization. <laughs> I like to be optimized in my 60s. For sure. Right? That's the word I use. You know, I, I'm aging gracefully, I hope, or not, but you I'm aging. Are. And here I am. I want to be optimized. I have all the wisdom, and I want to have the ca the capability of a thirty year old. Yeah. Sure. I don't know. It's a dream, but that's what I want. No, but if that's your goal, you might get <laughs> there. My goal. Yeah. It's nice it to might have not that ever goal. Happen, but and, and it's that's different. what I want. And it's different. And we're going to get into squirting now. And, and you know, squirting was made popular on in porn. In porn. And we, yeah. And we all know porn has a purpose in our sex lives. It's entertainment. Um, I've said it a thousand times. You don't learn how to drive by watching the movie The Fast and the Furious. Therefore, you don't learn how to have sex by watching porn. But porn should be used to stimulate conversation. Could we, should we, would we? And for some good laughs sometimes. We've tried, we've tried some stuff. And <laughs> so, you know. Well, we all have seen that squirting vagina in porn. And we're saying, like a fire okay, hose. yeah, like I know that can't be true. So let's start at the beginning. Talk about the vulva and the parts involved so we can refer back to that when you then describe the sure, anatomy of Sure thing. So first of all, I want to say, you know, porn is not education. I'm going to say it again. Porn is not education. <laughs> entertainment. <laughs> it's only for entertainment purposes right. only. Do not take it like she's going to squirt over the headboard. It's, it's not real, right? Um, so... Understanding that a, a female, and I'm talking anatomy, all right, a female has the capability of expelling liquids from her G-spot, her Grafenberg spot. This liquid um, has, is known as Marita. It has um, minerals, it's water, it's protein, 
And there are many rituals that the ancient Greeks used to use with this particular liquid that they would drink before they go into the battlefield because they believed that it was an elixir to give them strength and fertility. And from the gods, and right? from the gods. So that's I where believe. this... Yeah. <laughs> so that's where sport. this, right, is the Vestal Virgins. You've heard of that terminology. Yeah. That were the Vestal Virgins of the, of the ancient Greeks. That's, that's what they were for, to express this liquid. Um, and inside of a female, there is on the, the very, and I'm, I'm, I'm in my mind's eye, it's too bad you don't have video, but if you can see me, I'm thinking of where it is, how to describe it. So you're putting your finger inside of your partner and from the front of her vagina, um, about two knuckles inside, that's how specific it can be, or one knuckle because every woman is different, we're all not the same. Typically, it's not more than three knuckles in, all right? There is a little ridge inside of her body. You can find it if you have your partner cough. So oh. put your finger inside, have her cough, and, and it, it you contracts? feel it oh. come out. Oh. It's, a little, it's a little round nub, and mm -hmm. you'll feel it on your fingertip or wherever you are It inside. reminds me of the palate of your throat. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Right? That's Because a, a lot of guys say, I don't know where it is. Yeah. Or a woman says, I don't think that I have one. Right. I hear that so many uh -huh. times. And for women as well, you can do the same thing. Put your finger inside yourself, get on your knees, and cough. And it'll actually drop down. You can yeah. actually feel this little bit of tissue inside of yourself. Well, that's the Grappenberg spot. And that spot is what you're going to stimulate in order to, uh, to um, omit the fluid from your body. Now, just because you ejaculate does not mean that you have an orgasm. There you go. That is another myth that people have. Oh, because... I don't want to say porn is the enemy because uh -huh. it's not, right. but you see it. You're thinking, oh, my God, she's squirting for like 45 seconds and what the a orgasm, big orgasm is happening. It's fake. Mm. I can tell because <laughs> there's no contractions going on. Right. Right. So for those that are listening out there, that just because you're squirting does not mean you're having an orgasm. For my squirt masters, and I know you're out there listening, does not mean that you're giving her an orgasm. Yes, she's omitting the liquid. So what I'm teaching is how to ejaculate in addition to having an orgasm. So because so why a squirting waste it? orgasm. Absolutely. Gotcha. Yes. Which is different from just an orgasm and it's just different di from just squirting. Absolutely. Gotcha. So you're combining the two together because it makes sense to me. And so in the workshop that I'm teaching is how you can help your partner have a squirting orgasm without also ripping in and out her insides. Exactly. <laughs> Gen gently stroking. Not like you see some of those videos online, how to Whew. make her squirt, which can actually hurt and it can tear. No, and then you it, don't want is, that as well. It is insane. One guy, when we first started in the lifestyle, said, Carol, I can make you squirt. And no joke, it looked like he was trying to get a big tractor engine started. He was going in and out, in and out, in and out. And it was just like, whoa, buddy. Yeah, you know, yeah. calm it down. Right. Calm, right. calm right. down. The most important part about I know getting Carol to squirt is to start by getting her aroused. Right, and that's when the fluid co collects. Is that e correct? Exactly. Tell mm -hmm. us where the fluid comes from. Right. So the fluid comes from inside of your body, and there are two glands that are emitting this ejaculate. And when those glands, and I call them canals, are on the both sides of the Grafenberg spot. When the, and you can actually take your fingers, and if you're too bad you don't have the video here, but I'm actually stroking it in my mind's eye. <laughs> you can actually stroke those two spots on the sides of the, uh, the graphic. The ridge, spot. yeah. Mm -hmm. And those glands actually, actually create the fluid that your body's expelling. Once you hear, and there's actually a swooshing sound. Oh. When she's engorged enough, you can actually hear it that the fluid is now building up. Only at that point in time is when you want to apply the pressure right, right. that's going to allow her to ejaculate. Right. If you're doing it beforehand, you can cause more damage than not by actually tearing some, we call it micro vaginal tears inside of her, which is she urinates, it actually stings yeah. because there's tears. Yeah. And as we age, our, our vaginal tissue becomes thinner and drier. Mm. So when you see men going, or not even men, but these squirt masters or people going in doing the squirting technique, 
they can cause micro tears. So you don't have to go in full force like you see on porn. Right. But also allow her time to get aroused get because women don't get aroused instantly like no. men do. So let's just, just talk about that for right. a second. So how to get her aroused? Taking the time. So if you want to, stroking her clitoris on the outside first. Right? Just the simple ways. And if you're in the lifestyle, it's always good to like ask. ask. Yeah. All right, because we're not all the same. And I see this time and time again. I'm like, you know, it, that's not your wife, dude. You don't know. You don't her know body. exactly. Right. So and take the time to say, do, do you like this? And for women to be honest, and, and be quit honest. giving him the mercy of yeah. saying, right? And guys, guys, the clit is bigger than that little button. Oh, right. right. Exactly. Right. Yes. It's three inches long, goes down the labia. And when they it's aroused, it's even larger. Right. Not an elevator, right? Exactly. <laughs> the more you press you it. press the button, it doesn't make you come it any faster. Right. <laughs> so, right. So, we're not just the clit and we're not just the vagina. Where there's this whole erogenous zone that we need people to understand and to work to bring on the sexual response of starting to enjoy our bodies. So, working the earlobes, working even the nostrils, the toes the back of the thighs, all of those things are great erogenous zones for you to work on before you get to that pearl. And as David said, the pearl is not just that little thing sticking out, which is the pearl, which I'm calling it, but there's a whole plethora of, of, of uh, tissues that you want to stimulate that go down to the legs sacrura of the female that you can stimulate and stroke, as well as the top of the vagina, the vulva has lots of nerve I and mean, we forget to massage the vulva and while all this is happening that liquid is starting to collect to build. there exactly. you go right and is there is it a an actual duct is an actual gland it's that starts actu- filling up exactly it's an actual duct and gland that's filling up and when you're pressing on that and expelling it is when the liquid's going to come out now here's what's funny right I know you see it on porn where they shoot over the headboards. That's not real. They, these ladies have done it for a long time. And the more you do it, it is true, the more liquid you will expel. Yes, the easier And the stronger it can exp- yeah. expel from the body. But when you're starting out, it's dribbling. It might be a dribble. It might be a pool. And that is okay. Yeah. Right. Don't expect her to shoot across the head. It's not a party trick. It's just about an enjoying Girl, something. Some new. people do do it as a party trick, which <laughs> bothers me like to be that. honest. I know but it's not. It's not. Yeah. It's not fair to the woman. Right. And it puts anxiety. Yeah. They're like, how come I'm not normal, or I'm not doing it like she did on on TV, or the or the girl in the bed next to her. We're all different. So and babe. some women are actually shamed of what's coming out and they don't understand. Exactly. They, they think can't control it. You remember that friend who would just would, right. it was like a fire hose and she didn't know why or what and was a. She'd run into the corner. She ran away. Yeah. 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 That so babe, happens a lot. You don't talk about your ability to squirt and how it all starts in your brain. Well, I learned to squirt. Uh, I had no idea what was happening. I had just met David. We're talking about 17, 18 years ago when we just met. And I started squirting when I was sitting on his face, like straddling his face, holding onto the headboard. And he was rubbing his fingers inside. And the liquid that came out, he was drinking it. And they're like, I have no idea what you're doing. I don't know what that is. It feels really nice for me. He's going, this is awesome. Oh, my God, you're coming all over my face. I love it. So that's how I started squirting. We actually went to our friend who's a sexologist and asked her, like, what is that? she couldn't explain it mm-hmm. imagine mm-hmm. she didn't know the anatomy and this is like 17 years ago she does today now that she, right. you know we were asked her today but we didn't learn what that was so we actually started researching what it is and we learned it's squirt but I've been doing this for a long time now and I know that feeling and I can actually get that pathway to start in my own mm. and just by touching my own clit I can squirt I don't need his fingers because I've been doing it for a long time right. and I, I'm, I'm used to that my body's used to it so it's mm-hmm. like a, a short cut kind of but you, to do you're it right saying that the biggest um change for you to be able to do it yourself is knowing that when you're squirting you're not pink oh yeah well, that's the other thing i don't know if you mentioned but when you start feeling those spongy tissues get large and you feel like you have to pee and you're holding it back mm-hmm. and you do have to release it whether you put pressure on so it actually squirts or you just let it come out and it dribbles if you don't release it it's like holding your pee. It won't. It won't come out if you're exactly. if you're continent. Right. It won't come out. So you have to relax those muscles. Which muscles are? Are they the vaginal muscles that it's you're the tightening? Vaginal muscles. But here's the thing: um, when you're working, you're understanding what type of orgasm that you're having. 
because most women have tension orgasms. So when you're having a tension orgasm, your whole body is very tight. And so when you're feeling this happen, you automatically go to tension, to holding it. And you have to tell yourself to relax. Yeah. And then if you tell yourself to relax, you're thinking, well, if I relax, I lose the orgasm. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Because we're used to it for those, like I said, there are 16 different types of orgasms. So understanding that is very critical. So it's teaching someone that a, a G-spot or a squirting orgasm is the opposite of a tension ah, orgasm. And you have to learn to push and relax. Mm not squeeze right. and hold. Right. That is the biggest deal. And yeah. it's all about the pelvic floor. Ah. Not but so I, much. I think ladies who don't understand that it's not pee, they're holding tight also because they think they're going to pee. Exactly. And they, it, wanna be emba- they don't want to be embarrassed. Right. Exactly. And I tell them this, right? So what if you pee on him? Right. He deserves it anyway. Pee on him. <laughs> yeah. He probably won't be upset about it. So pee on the guy. Yeah. Right? But Lily, it's okay. Yeah. And we have to be okay with our bodies. And, and, to, and to, to get that out of your mind, pee before you're going to try to squirt. Right. 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 Exactly. It, it doesn't matter. If, if you pee before, you will still squirt. If your partner is stroking it. Correctly. Right. Yeah. And if you allow yourself to relax. Yeah. But it's, and, and there has been some studies that there are a little bit of traces of urine yes. inside of the liquid. Well, it's coming from a similar area. Exactly. And as you're putting pressure, you, maybe you'd le- uh, you release a drop of pee. Exactly. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So it is absolutely fine. And so ladies, if you're listening, give yourself permission. Say, it's okay. Right. Yeah. Whatever comes out, what comes out. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be embarrassed about something that happens naturally, naturally to our exactly. bodies. And I know it's easier said than done. As <laughs> you're like, yeah, but I'm embarrassed. I want to pee all over him. I haven't heard one man yet that say, ill. Yeah. yeah. That happens. Right. So right. Let it go, and it doesn't happen anyways. Relax. I just want to go back to orgasms for a second. And for years, Carol had orgasms in one way. And then we had a guest on our show. And she was explaining to Carol how she needs to breathe through her orgasm. What what difference is it if you hold your breath or you breathe through it? Well, you know, they call it the little death, right, for a reason. Because you do hold your breath. Your first automatic response when you're orgasming is to <gasps> yeah. hold the breath, right? And the, a tantric technique is learning how to breathe through your orgasm and breathe through the pelvic floor. It allows the orgasm to be extended, mm. and it all. And what I mean by extended, it gives you a longer orgasmic release. It's a deeper orgasm where your whole body, which is another type of orgasm, may also have a full body orgasm, and it is a stronger orgasm because you're not cutting off the your blood, the breath. Blood, yeah, exactly. So learning how to breathe is important, and if you're using porn as a guide, the <gasps> You're holding. And yeah, like, that's ah, not that's not real. Stop it. <laughs> Breathe through it. Let it just happen. And you have to train yourself. Yeah. I cannot tell you the hours that yeah. it's taken me just to retrain my body yeah. to allow myself to have different types of orgasm responses. Um, and that is probably the most powerful one is the tantra orgasm is the breath orgasm. And the actual, contra- uh, the actual orgasm is a contraction of which muscles in for the female? Depending on which type of orgasm you're having. Because okay. like there's 16 of them, right? Okay. So if you're having one that, let's say you're having a, a vaginal orgasm, of course, well, then your vagina is contracting and releasing. If you're having a clitoral orgasm, then of course your clitoris and your vagina may also contract as well as the, so the whole vulva may contract. So it all depends on what type of orgasm that you're having. But one thing that you have to realize that the whole pelvic floor is going to be involved in that response. Yeah. Yeah. I know for sure when I use my womanizer, which uh, everyone knows I love my womanizer, and I put it on my clitoris, and then when I start my orgasm, I can see the contraction of the vulva just above the clitoris. It's just contracting. I can actually see it, and which is kind of cool because you don't usually think you know if you're if your partner's orgasm, but right. you can actually yeah. feel it and you can see it. You can see it. And you if you don't see, see it or feel it, it, it might not have happened. Exactly. Yeah. I always can say, you know, I can tell 
if she's having one or not. Yeah. I can tell. I know yeah. the physical signs to right. look for. Exactly. And most people don't, and that's okay. Mm. But I think we owe it to our partners to tell them the truth and say, hey, I'm not really having one, but yeah. do this and I'll it's, get one. Right, it's right. close. Uh, it's closed, but it's not quite there. Or it's just passed over me. That happens to me often as well. I'm thinking it's coming. It's about to come. And then, whoop, nope, we got to start again. Sorry about that. <laughs> but start again. There it is. There you go. <laughs> all it's right. all good. We're coming to the end of the show. Oh, wow. Let's talk quickly before you give us some final advice about can a woman squirt by herself and do toys help yes a woman can squirt by herself um there's two ways i like to have women begin the practice of self-squirting is number one get on the bed put her knees up on the like get on the bed with her knee on her knees and put her finger inside and i first find the g-spot like a straddle position right find the g-spot um and then the second thing is there is a Using a toy is a good way to find your G-spot. Because some women, they said, I can't find it. So using the finger technique, squirt, you know, coughing to find it. Then using a toy that has, as it has a hard steel bulb on the end of it. Because one thing about the, the squirting orgasm, it does take pressure by pushing. And you can push and hold on to that G-spot, to the grapping bird spot, to release that liquid. So taking this particular instrument that I, I call it an instrument. Is it called the G-Spot Stimulator? I, you know what? I can't remember the name of it is. Because that's like a better like word. Like a flat or a, a bulb at it, the It's end. curved, actually. Curved? It's curved. So it goes it's upwards, in a, It's right? in a C-shape. Yeah. Um, and there's a big bulb on one end and a smaller bulb on the other end. And it's stainless steel. Stainless steel or glass works best. Um, I don't recommend the, the, the plastic ones. Because for me, it doesn't give enough um, pressure. But holding that instrument and putting inside and then pressing on it as you're squeezing and releasing, trying to find the pelvic floor, trying to find the Grappenberg spot, will help you start to begin to ejaculate. Yeah. So answer your question, Dave, in a long version, yes, you can. <laughs> so we can oh. do it ourselves, which is also empowering that it we know is. that we can do it. You don't need a partner to do and that. Yeah, and but you can also have fun with your partner just learning how do you make that liquid come exactly. out. Exactly. I remember playing with one guy one time when uh, he didn't, his wife didn't squirt, so when we played together, he thought it was so cool, and he said, can I just like play with this? And I said, sure. We were on one of our top waterproof blankets, so it was waterproof, and so it did the, the puddle didn't go away, it just kept collecting. Yeah. And before we'd finished, my whole back and butt Wet. and pussy was totally sitting in a lake of, of <laughs> squirt, which over the course of maybe 45 minutes just kept coming out. And he just kept making it happen. So I'm there like, where is this liquid coming from? I don't know, but he had the technique and it just kept and coming. It was, a, it was a very hot situation. They were a hot couple and everything was right. Yeah. And, I mean, Carol. And he was having gallop. a blast. He's like, yeah. oh my God, this is so cool. It's still coming. It's still the guy's coming. just get amazed by it. <laughs> I know, it's just, right? It doesn't take much. Well, but the it, body no. is amazing. It so, is. you know, what? if you can learn a new uh, something, then it's all the better. All right. Absolutely. We're wow. at the end of the show. All right, let's that was uh, quick. Yeah, for sure. Let's just end off with some final sexy advice. What would you say would be the top two things that a woman needs to know if she wants to learn how to squirt? Um, that it's okay if you feel like you're going to pee. It's natural. Um, you're not going to pee on them. That's the first thing is it's okay. Just breathe and relax. And the second thing is to know that you can train your body to this yourself. So those are the first two things I would tell you first. First, knowing that you're not going to pee on them, relax your body, and that you can do it. Those are my first two things. And I, th I just want to add that if you, if you don't want to, that's okay too. Absolutely. Yeah. It you don't want matter. to. It's not fine. something that you have to do. You're not you're abnormal not obligated if you don't to. want it. No. Just like some people don't like anal, some people might not want to do it, and that's all good right. too. And realizing that just because you do it doesn't mean you're having an orgasm. Mm. <coughs> and don't fake it if no. you're not. Yeah. Don't, don't reinforce yeah. that the training, you know, we have to train them sometimes. <laughs> Don't reinforce it. Yeah. Don't and, pretend. And, and we know that um, for you, at least, to squirt, the environment needs to be right. The setting needs to be right. It's not going to happen when you're having a quickie in the car. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. No. Yeah. You know? Depends where your brain's at, though. It, it, it <laughs> depends. If that, yeah. if that works for you, that yeah. works for you. Yeah. I guess. But just yeah. give yourself permission to know it is what happens, it should happen. Right. right. And give yourself permission to say, breathe and relax and just relax and breathe that's it yeah wow we're gonna try it in the car okay try it in the car you know carol's <laughs> never had sex in the car ever. it's not my thing i don't like constrictions i like just uh having my bed i'm all good with that all right all <laughs> right righty 
the end of another amazing show. Um, Dr. Valerie Popple, thank you so much for being thank here today. Thank you guys for having me. Why Appreciate don't you tell so everyone where they can find you? Sure. So you can find me at uh, Valerie at uh, swancenter.com. That is my email address, and that's at two ends. And you can find me on all social media accounts uh, with um, www.swancenter. That is the actual site. Um, that's with two ends again. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, all under Doc Val. Um, and my phone number for those who want to reach out is 302-344-0373. And I'll be more than happy to give you a free 15-minute consultation for listening to this show. And uh, I look forward to the next one. Cool. And, of course, you can meet Dr. Val on all, most of the topless travel trips. In person. Yes. In, person. In person. On the Bliss Cruise, uh, like we were saying. Um, these are events that you don't want to miss. They sell out quickly. So oh, go and, you and book now. Definitely take the time to learn more. Book yeah. your, book your things, Absolutely. Empower yourself to learn more. Knowledge is power. And you can never have too much of it. That's for sure. Absolutely. Never have too much. So just remind you to join us again next time for another hour of the Sexy Lifestyle, talking about sex, sexuality, sexual health and pleasure, and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny. Well, that's it for our show today. Carol and I and Dr. Val send you lots of love and great sex. Please stay safe. And of course, stay sexy, everyone. Until next time. Thanks for joining us for this week's edition of the Topless Travel Show. We sure hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. We've got another episode of the Sexy Lifestyle Podcast lined up for you for next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Network. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new. Spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever.